Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. I remember uh, when I heard my dad used to tell stories. My dad was a former rabbi here, of course, as you know. And I remember when he used to tell his stories about how his life changed when he came to faith in Yeshua as his Messiah. Uh, you know, my dad had one of these more dramatic testimonies. Um, <laughs> other than when I was a baby and that whole story, which is a whole other sermon, and some of you know that story. But other than that, you know, my, my testimony is, is, uh, is, is exciting in a different way, just uh, but but. But my, my parents, wow, boy, they, quite a whew, remarkable testimony. I mean, everybody does in their own way, I know. But, but my, my dad was, as he would have said, uh, he was heavily, he was very much in the world. He was a worldly Jewish man. Uh, very, very, he was a secular man, but more than just secularly uh, Jewish, he was worldly. He was very worldly. I mean, he was uh, hard liquor, um, extensive uh, alcohol, cigarettes, he smoked, I think, two packs a day. Uh, this is Rabbi, you guys are like, whoa, him? Are you serious? Yeah, I mean, uh, partying. I mean, he was, uh, you know, he had been in the Air Force and all, and so he was, uh, he was out there, man. He was a worldly guy. It's hard to believe. I know any of you know him now or have seen him. Or, uh, but, but, this, but you see, something happened when he experienced the Lord. Something happened and he changed. Something changed with inside of him when Yeshua came into his heart. There was a, a, something different about him. That's a sermon a few months ago. There was something different about him when he came to faith. All these things did not have the attraction that they did previously. And for my father, for, for most of these things, it was instantaneous deliverance from them when he came to faith in Messiah Yeshua. I remember hearing this story always growing up about how, how, uh, how dad, when, when he came to faith, he came and he, he brought his, his cigarettes, laid them up on the altar. This is in the old days, you know. He just laid them up there. I said, boop, that's it. That's it. Done. Done. Two packs a day to nothing. Cold turkey. You know, how is that? That's not very easy, friends. That's only with the power of Hashem. Amen? Absolutely amazing. And, uh, he, and, and this was a dramatic transformation when he came to faith in Yeshua. In fact, you, uh, also, he was uh, a frequent user of profanity, and that stopped as well. But as he would say, it stopped, but not in his head. <laughs> not right away. It was so interesting. So many of these other things, it was just, boom, right away, deliverance from them, right? And, and, and his mouth 
he, he could control, and, and, and he stopped using profanity with his mouth. But as he would say when he taught, then he remembers when he taught this, you know, he said that he wouldn't say it, but the words would come into his head. The words would come into his head. Some of you know what I'm talking about. If you're honest, I know some of you watching, you know what I'm talking about. Words will come into your head. You don't say them, and you know, you got the, you know, the proper talit on, and you're real good with your kippah and everything. You're all kosher. But, but up in the mind, whoa, what's going on up there? Something non-kosher going on up there. Oh, boy. Not in his head. And he, he said, as he used to teach and preach this, he said, he said, it took time for him. It took time. It took years for, for it to get out of his head. It took years for it. Now, it did, of course. The Lord, did. But this is sometimes how it works in our lives. And it took intentional effort for him to clean out this, the cup in, uh, in Yiddish. Okay, it took years for him to clean this out, intentional effort. It took time, my friends, even though nobody else knew. Nobody else could know. Why? Because it wasn't coming out of his mouth, and so nobody knew. But he knew, and God knew that it was still up there, even though it wasn't coming out here. And so he had to clean this up. That took time. It's interesting because today is Shabbat Hagadol, as Mark mentioned. Good job, Mark, right? That's Shabbat Hagadol, also known as the Great Shabbat. And what is that? That's the Shabbat that immediately precedes Passover. Now, there are a number of reasons why it is Shabbat Hagadol. I gave a message three years ago called Shabbat Hagadol. When our library reopens, you can check that out if, you want to, if you're interested. But, but in that message, I showed a lot of parallels between what happened on the original Shabbat Hagadol, which was in the scriptures, and then the one where Yeshua would go to the tree of sacrifice, that Shabbat Haggadol. There are absolutely unbelievable parallels that are very deep and are never really taught. It's uncanny, the parallels of the Shabbat Haggadol, the original one, and the Shabbat Haggadol during Yeshua's time. So that was, uh, that's all uh, connected into this holiday and the season that we're in right now. But this Shabbat also that we are in right now if you're watching this Friday, Saturday here, you know, before Passover on this Shabbat, this Shabbat also happens to be Erev Pesach, the day before Passover. So we have a double Shabbat uh, this week. We have Shabbat today and we have Shabbat uh, tomorrow uh, because uh, Saturday night to Sunday night is also a Shabbat this, uh, this year. And this week, why? Because the first day of Passover is also a Shabbat. And Shabbat starts at the end, or rather Passover starts at the end of this weekly Shabbat that we're in right now. And I hope you are already prepared, because here we are, Erev Pesach, on the the night or the day, this whole day really is, is the day before Passover. Passover starts after uh, weekly Shabbat ends on Saturday night. Okay, so I hope you're already ready or are getting pretty close, but I want to take a look for a few minutes, and we're going to dig into this. Cindy, I think it's going to be interesting, you know. We're going to dig into this preparation a little bit, that which we are needing to do right now in this time, in this season, to get ready for Passover, era of Pesach. So let's really dig into this a little bit. Exodus, if you have your scriptures, chapter 12. Uh, Exodus in the Torah, chapter 12, Bavakasha. Let's take a look at what the Torah says 
about Passover and specifically about one of the things that we're supposed to do at the beginning of Passover. Okay, at the beginning of Passover, this day, verse 14 says, this day is to be a memorial for you. You are to keep it as a feast to Adonai. Throughout your generations, you are to keep it as an eternal ordinance. Pause right there for just a second. It says, throughout your generations, eternal ordinance. As a side note, this is a total aside. That means forever. Don't stop celebrating Passover. Okay, so this is something we're supposed to be doing. Continuing in verse 15. For seven days you were to eat matzah, but on the first day you must remove the chametz from your houses. For whoever eats chametz from the first day until the seventh day, that soul will be cut off from Israel. Okay, very interesting here. Now we're talking about some preparation that we have to do to really to get ready for the holiday of Passover. We have to be getting ready. Okay, so we're commanded to remove the chametz the chametz, okay, uh, or, or yeast, or leaven, if you will, from our house. Now, what is chametz? Okay, to be clear, chametz is any grain that has been allowed to leaven or rise. Some of you know, know a lot more about this than I do because you're cooks. I'm not a cook. I'm not a chef. I am a consumer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, listen, we all have our role to play, and, and, and I know my role. <laughs> Trust me, you don't want me on the other side of that uh, ladle, for sure. <laughs> that's funny. Okay, so uh, we know that, that we're, we're to take out, that's what chametz is, to get the chametz out of our house. Yeast Yeast is a common leavening agent, things that will make the grain rise, make it puff up, if you will, like, like breads, of course, breads that puff up, if you will. Things that rise like this from the grain uh, is what chametz is. Yeast is a common, most common leavening agent, but there are other leavening agents that can be found in foods. As a side note, we at Beth Hillel ascribe to the Sephardic, view of what you can and can't eat during Passover, which also, by the way, I don't know if you know, uh, is the newly ordained conservative Ashkenazi view is that corn and rice, kitniot, are okay to eat. So uh, if, if you were uh, perhaps uh, raised in, a, in an Orthodox Ashkenazi home, they typically are not going to eat corn or rice on Passover either. Uh, but that's not in the scripture. We eat those things uh, as do the Sephardic and, and new, newly, just the last couple of years, conservative made official ruling on that. Okay, but why are we not to eat the leavened grains? Okay, we're not to eat this leaven, uh, this leavened bread, if you will. Well, in part, it's as a reminder that our people left Egypt in haste relying on the Lord alone. The dough didn't have the time to rise, right? We know this. So it's a reminder to us of the fact that we need to be relying on God. We gotta rely on him. We can't rely on ourselves. He's the one who will take care of us. He's the one who will deliver us. The Lord and the Lord alone. In fact, the matzah itself is known as, in scripture, the bread of affliction. It reminds us of the affliction that our people had and were under while we were in Egypt. In fact, it's so interesting. It's called the bread of affliction. 
actually gave a message on the bread. It was called the bread of affliction also. This was last, this is the first time I'm going to do this. I'm pretty excited a lot. It's the first time I'm about to do this. This actually is a message that is currently on YouTube. I've never been able to reference a message that people could just get immediately just because they're all, you know, in our records and stuff. April 2020, April last year, around this time last year, bread of affliction. It's such an interesting uh, words that were used here. This is right out of the scripture. This is what matzah is. Okay, so we're supposed to, to, to get out the, the leaven, the chametz, get rid of the leaven, and, and to eat the matzah. Let's skip down to verse 39, where it says, they had baked matzah cakes from the dough that they had brought out of Egypt. This is the children of Israel when they were leaving Egypt in the Exodus. It had no, it had no chametz, because they were thrust out of Egypt and could not delay, so they had not made provisions for themselves. So again, they had to rush out. They had to get out of Egypt, and so they, they didn't have time for the, for the dough to rise, and, and uh, the chametz, they had just regular matzah, no chametz, no leavening, no rising of the bread. The bread was this flat bread, and, uh, and had not risen at all, and, uh, and, and instead they had matzah. That's, that was the flat bread. Okay, right now, this commandment of getting the leaven out, if you will, is followed by our people even today, frequently in a ceremony called Bedekat Chametz. Okay, the, the search for chametz or leaven. And, uh, and, and so I want to paint a picture for you. Why? Okay, what I'm going to try to do today, everybody, is I'm going to try to paint a picture of what we're to do according to the Scripture because it has a bigger meaning than even at first seems. But I really want to paint the picture for you first so you can really see it. It will provide great extra meaning for you during Passover season. Okay, so, so this, this ceremony, Berakat Chametz, the search for Chametz or leaven, this is traditionally done in the Jewish home on the night of Passover Eve. We are at, the, we are at Passover Eve right now. And this is traditionally done in ho Jewish homes all over the world. Now, like it does this year, if the first night of Passover falls right after Shabbat, which it does this year, then the removal of the yeast usually takes place on Thursday night. But, but that's a rabbinic regulation. There's nothing about that in the Scripture. Scriptures say that the leaven must be removed from the home and not eaten for seven days. So we know for sure that one way or another, the leaven has got to be taken out of the home. we got to get the leaven out of our homes for these seven days. Don't eat it. We can't eat the leaven, right? Now, it's interesting that the whole ceremony that is part of this and what we need to be doing in our homes, because the ceremony of Bedekat Chametz is very extensive. And what does it utilize? I brought one here just so you can kind of see. Uh, these things can be ordered, and uh, it, it uses some tools and some instruments, and I'll show you what instruments are used for this ceremony. I'll see if I can get them all out of here. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I think I got everything. Great. Okay, and so what's used for this ceremony are, are generally speaking, are at least three things, one being a candle, okay, the second one being a wooden spoon, and the third being a, 
uh, cheesesteak sandwich. No, I'm just kidding. There's no cheesesteak. The whole point is we're getting rid of the leaven, okay? Well, you can't have a cheesesteak sandwich. I'm going to be, I, I'm scheduled to be in Marietta this coming week, like uh, downtown Marietta. And I thought, man, I'm going to go to the Marietta Diner and get me a cheesesteak. Man, they got the best cheesesteaks at the Marietta Diner. I love their, oh, I'm torturing myself right now because that's next week I'm going to be, and I'm suddenly like, oh, I can't have the cheesesteak because it's Passover. And I, and I lamented and it's part of it. It's, it. Listen, it's the trials of being a rabbi, y'all. Just, just work with me, okay? Especially a rabbi who enjoys a cheesesteak. Too much. Uh, okay, no. The th- I, I was talking about something. Betakat chametz. Okay, we got the candle. We got the wooden spoon. Uh, and, of course, we have a feather. Now, now, now what is done in Betakat chametz? you may be aware, this is how serious this command is taken in the Scripture. This is how serious it's taken amongst many, especially in the Orthodox community. What is done? Well, first, of course, the candle is lit. Why is the candle lit? First of all, you got to get all the, all, the, all the chametz, all the leaven out of your house to start with. But you really got to do an inspection. This is an inspection is what this is. To make sure that you got all the, the bread, the, the raised bread, all the leaven out of your home. And so first you light the candle. And this tradition goes back. It's fairly ancient. And so the candle is lit. And, and, and it's tradition that you actually intentionally place a few pieces of leaven in your house so that you're actually doing something in case you don't find anything elsewhere. Okay, but you light the candle and then you start looking in the crevices of the kitchen, right? And, and as you're doing this, you have your spoon and your feather and you see, oh, there's a little leaven right there. Okay, so what am I going to do? I'm going to take the little feather and put it into the spoon, you know, so that it can be burned and that's, that's what you do uh, traditionally. And so you, know, you got the candle so you can see every little area. And just, it's so interesting though, right? Even the tiniest bit of leaven is exhumed and is taken away, right? And, and is, it is brought out to be thrown away. Why? So that we can follow the commandment to its fullest, so there can be no leaven in the house. Of course, this is a traditional thing, but it's interesting, and I wanted to show it to you for an important reason, to understand the extent of of the effort taken to make sure that we get all of the yeast, if you will, all the leavened stuff out of the house uh, before Passover. Now, uh, on a practical level, of course, Many Jewish people, it says has to be out of the house. And, and so many Jewish people today, oftentimes, because at the same time, it would be not a godly thing to do to waste. And so uh, some of, sometimes uh, some of it's burned the leaven, but sometimes people will take it out of the house and put it in their garage with the thought that the garage is not technically in the house, it's the garage. And so, uh, and so it can be in there as long as you don't touch it and as long as you don't eat it. It's left in the garage during Passover, and then it's brought back into the house thereafter. Uh, and this is a ruling the rabbis have ruled and said it's not technically part of the home, so it's kosher in that regard. Now, and in fact, in Israel, I mean, Elad knows this, of course, he was born and raised there. Uh, some actually, and many in the Orthodox community, what will they do? You already know this. They will technically sell this, any leavened product to non-Jews, and buy it back after Passover. It's, it's usually, it doesn't actually leave their, their property per se. It's put somewhere, but they don't want to even have ownership of it. And so they'll actually write, I'm talking about a, a, a legal written contract that says this leaven stuff, because, you know, over if you're storing stuff or for restaurants or oh, whatever. Okay, so 
this leavened stuff, I'm officially selling it to you, and then after Passover, it's sold back, just so that there's no ownership during Passover. My point here is I'm I'm explaining to you there's a great deal of attention given to, uh, to get every bit of leaven out and for it not to be consumed during Passover. Um, a lot knows also that if you go into the supermarket, man, there's, it's, everything's covered up that's, that's anything leaven. I mean, you literally cannot buy it. It's covered up uh, in the stores. And uh, it's, it's a different, it's a different f- feel there as they're trying to follow what the scriptures are saying. And, and, it, and it's interesting. And it doesn't even stop there. The, the attention to detail to get every little bit of leaven, it, even once you go through the whole house, even with a fine tooth comb and, and, and a, and a candle looking in every crevice to make sure you got every bit of leaven. Even after that, there's something that's done. Once all the leaven is out of the home uh, or burned, there's always a chance that that small amounts of chametz was missed, right, and remains. There's always that chance. So there's a traditional Jewish nullification statement, which is recited. And here is the nullification statement that is recited traditionally. Listen to this. All leaven... And anything leavened that is in my possession, whether I've seen it or not, whether I've observed it or not, whether I've removed it or not, shall be considered nullified and ownerless as the dust of the earth. That's interesting, isn't it? In in one way, that's kind of neat. In one way, that's kind of special. What is this? This is an extreme attempt to follow the commandment of God that I read a little bit earlier. Get the leaven out of your home. Get it out of your house. It's very interesting. Wow, that's a lot of different steps and things. It's so interesting. Well, now that we've fully established that leaven or chametz is meticulously removed and not consumed during Passover. Now, it's also important to understand that when we read about leaven in Scripture, oftentimes leaven represents sin. That's right. It represents sin frequently. And there's a message that God is sending all of us. Wait for it. Because for us, as we are now here on the precipice of Passover, Yes, God is telling us not to eat chametz, but he's warning us even more about the chametz of sin. Luke chapter 12, please. Luke 12 in your scripture, if you'd like to turn to it. We have to be careful, beloved, what influences we allow into our lives as they will affect us. I was a youth director for 12 years. I loved working with teenagers and, and young adults and the YMJ. I loved it, man. It was so much fun. And, and one of the things I observed, we have our youth leader who's our keyboardist today. Uh, and one of the things that I've observed over the years, and, and Dara knows this too, is that the young people, uh, one of the things I observed and I would tell them is that you become who you hang around. You become who you hang around. And so you got to watch who you hang around with. Because if you hang around with, with, with as, they, as the old expression goes, hang around with the pigs, you're going to get dirty. You know, and, and I'm not talking about the human beings in that way. But what I'm saying is, is that 
you hang around with people that are not following the Lord, this is more and more what you're going to become like. And it's not just young people. It's, it's all people is the truth. Luke chapter 12, verse 1. Meanwhile, when thousands of people had gathered, so many that they were trampling one another, Yeshua began speaking first to his disciples. Listen to what Messiah Yeshua said. He said, as a Jewish rabbi, of course he's going to talk about this, be on guard yourself against the chametz of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Oof. Pretty intense. See, he was talking to a, to a Jewish crowd, and he was relating to them with something that they would be ultimately familiar with. Why? Because of Passover. It only makes sense. He said, watch out for the religious leaders. Friends, friends, listen. Please, please, please be careful what you read and hear on the internet. I'm telling you, watch out for what you read and hear on the internet. Ever so slightly ironic for those of you watching me on the internet. I understand, okay? <laughs> there's, there's an irony to that, okay? Sure, there are exceptions, and you found one. No, you know what I'm saying? Seriously, I mean, you look at the internet. Sometimes I'll have people forward me things that they read or seen on the internet, and I look at it, and I'm just going, what? What is this? Religious stuff online has an awful lot of chametz in it. An awful lot of chametz, and it doesn't take much, remember? We're going to talk about it in a minute. Yeshua warns us, watch out for the chametz of the religious leaders. Watch out what you watch and, and listen to online. Be very careful. Be particular and judicious about what you watch and listen to online. Let me, let me put it another way. Religious leaders should be praying for people, not praying on people. Some, you look on the internet and some of these people and some of these prophets are just looking to profit. You see this all over, even among some who call themselves Hebrew roots teachers. Listen, you, you, you look at something online, and if they, if they show some Hebrew, and they say some Hebrew, don't think automatically, oh, wow, great, it must be kosher. No, 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 no. Lots of chametz in, quote, unquote, a lot of the Hebrew roots teachers also. Beware. Beware what you eat. Beware what you eat. Yeshua is our Passover lamb. Don't eat that leaven. Don't eat the bad leaven out there. There's a lot of bad leaven you got to watch out for, my friends. A lot of stuff that can lead you astray. And sometimes it's just a little bit. Sometimes it's just a little bit that's, that's bad and really bad. It's just a little bit. A lot of things they say may be really good and may be right. And, and, and you know, I, I don't know, I, I've watched people before that I'm just tracking, and sometimes some people say, oh, with the Jewish roots. And I'm watching, I'm listening, I'm like tracking, saying, wow, okay, they seem to be getting it. Yeah, okay, they seem to be getting it. Yeah, they okay, they seem to be getting it. Oh, my gosh, what was that? They don't got it, if I could put it that way. No, they're messing it, uh-huh. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. I want to focus on this passage, this uh, few verses here for just a minute. In the Brich Hadashah, Rabbi Shaul is, he's actually disciplining the Corinthian congregation. 
And he's not happy with them. Why? Because they've been tolerating sin. They've been tolerating sin and zelotov. That's not good. And what does he say to the congregation about how they've been tolerating sin? 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6. He says this, your boasting is not good. Don't you know that a little chametz leavens the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old chametz so that you may be a new batch, just as you are unleavened. For Messiah, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us celebrate the feast, not with the old chametz, the chametz of malice and wickedness, but with unleavened bread, the matzah of sincerity and truth. Yes, yes. Wow, that's so deep. We're going to really unpack this. We're going to spend some time unpacking this, okay? So we read here that we're being told to purge the leaven of sin from our lives. Purge the leaven of sin from our lives. Beloved, this is not an insignificant point. And, and it's being used specifically with a, a Passover allegory so that we could understand what it is that he's talking about. Here we are on the brink of Passover. And I hope that we're ready with our matzah. I hope that you are ready with your matzah. But the weightier matter of the law is what is the condition of our heart, right? So what's the condition of our heart? Are we celebrating the holiday with the old leaven in our lives? Our old leaven, remember leaven representing sin, with that same sin that we came into the holiday with? Or are we seeking to purge the leaven from our lives, to get rid of the chametz? That's what we should be doing, and we should be paying close attention Attention, think about how particular our people are. Think about how particular. First, God says explicitly to remove the comets. We read this earlier, right? Friends, we have to remove the comets, the sin from our lives. I was speaking with one of the young people recently, a, a, a student, who shared with me that they love the Lord. And they led a, a godly life, and they were seeking to live a godly life, raised in a believing home. But one day, a small temptation crept in, and, and the student spoke an untruth, telling lies, so, so told a lie to their parents. It happens. It's so easy. How did this happen? This is a good person who loves the Lord. How did this happen? You may relate to this in your own life. You're trying to serve the Lord. Maybe you're trying to serve the Lord. And yet, sometimes this little sin gets in. How does it get in there? You're a good person. You're trying. You love God. You, you wouldn't be taking time out to watch a, a YouTube video. Of online, or you wouldn't take time to come to the house of God right now if you didn't love the Lord. You care about God. I know you do. How is it with good people? Like, you're all good people who are trying. I mean, you're doing the right thing, right? How is it that, that that little sin gets in there? It's so easy for it to happen, my friends. It's so easy. It's so easy for that sin to creep in. This is why we must be so careful to purge it, to purge that leaven. 
Because all it takes is just a little bit of that leaven. Anybody who knows anything about cooking, and I don't claim to, but I've heard and seen, <laughs> is that you just get a little bit of that leavening agent in, and boom, it, it can make things just puff up like a... I'm starting to think of food again right now. I got to stop this, y'all. Come on. You know what I'm saying, though? Listen, what you have to do is you have to take a candle and, 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 and you got to sweep it all out, even the little bits of leaven that are in your life. Even the little bits of leaven. Get it out. You got to inspect it. See, we don't do this. We don't do this frequently as, as mama Neem, as believers. We're happy with, well, we got the bulk of it out. We got the bulk of it out. No, 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 no. Listen, we're called to a higher standard. Nobody's perfect. I'm not asking for anybody to be perfect. But the point is, is that we should be making an effort to get every bit of that chametz out, to get every little bit of that sin out, to, to purge it, to take the, even to take the little candle and, and our wooden spoon and, 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 and the feather, and to get every little bit out from, from our hearts. If you have, th- listen to me, beloved, if you have things that cause you to sin, get them out of your house. <laughs> you hear that? If you have things that cause, just like, just like the, the comets, get it, get it out of your house. Because why? It's chametz to you. It might be like something, <clears throat> and it could be anything. It could be something that in and of itself is not sinful, but it can become sinful to you if you have an inordinate feelings for it. It might be something luxurious that you just take too much pride in. If that's it, get it out of your house. It might be alcohol or drugs that cause you to stumble. Get it out of your house. It might be a program on your computer or an app on your smartphone that causes you to sin. Makes it a dumb phone. (laughs) Okay, if there's a program on your computer that causes you to sin, there's an app on your phone that causes you to sin, delete it. Get it out of your house. Get it out. Get it out of the house. You don't need that in your house. Or it might be a sin that's left to fester in the home of your mind. And if that's the case, get it out of your home, this home. It might be anger that's left to fester a little too long. You have some anger crumbs of of leaven. You might be jealousy crumbs of leaven or greed or pride. Pride, pride. 1 Corinthians 5, Rabbi Shul tells the congregation that they have become puffed up. Isn't it interesting he talks about being puffed up right when he's talking about the chametz, the leaven? He's making, this is a, this is a completely, you gotta have a Jewish understanding to understand what he's talking about here, y'all. When he says you become puffed up, he's, he's making a double meaning here. The pride, but he's also talking about the comets that represents the sin, which puffeth up, right? Leavening agents puff up. It's very symbolic. Unleavened bread implies humility, right? That's humility, not puffed up. 
Passover should remind us to humble ourselves and not become puffed up. Some need to remove pride from their home minds. Right? Get it out of your home. Get that pride out of your home. And in verse 6, what does it say? Paul tells us that just a little chametz leavens the whole batch of dough. A small leavening agent makes the whole batch leavened. And you see this in society. Again, I think about my old temple teens back when I was a youth leader. And it's not just teenagers. It applies to everybody. But it's something that you sometimes will see is that, that small sin, that so-called small sin that, that, that could have just been taken out like this. That tiny little sin, that chametz, leads to a medium sin. And the medium sin's a little bit harder to schlep out of the house. And that medium sin oftentimes leads to a huge sin and a, and a, and a series of huge sins that then become a 50-pound a sack of, of grain, a 100-pound sack of grain that, that, that's, that, that can be, that's leavened. You know, I mean, it, it changes everything. It's like, a, it's like a house full of cocoa puffs. <laughs> you know, <laughs> puffs, it just, it's leavened, you understand. I love Cocoa Puffs. Nothing against Cocoa Puffs, as long as it's not during Passover. Okay, you understand. One sin leads to another. One sin leads to another. Oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. It builds oftentimes on each other, my friends. A little chametz leavens the whole batch of dough. Be wary of those little sins or little white lies. Sometimes people really easily justify those little white lies. My kids know this. They were taught this often when they were young. Let me give you the, another name for a partial truth. A lie. That's another name for a partial truth. A lie. People oftentimes treat things that they perceive as small sins as no big deal, but that's missing the point, my friends. We need to seek to purge the leaven even with a feather and spoon. See, when we're doing good, great, Baruch Hashem. But you need to examine your lives, my friends, with, with these instruments, with the light, right? The light is, of course, Yeshua. We talked about the light is God, right? We talked about the light a few weeks ago to shine in every little crevice of your heart. The lit candle, bring it in and see what's really there. Examine it closely and see what needs to come out. And you're going to find, if you examine honestly, you will find some leaven. I can tell you, you will find some leaven. If you're really examining, fine tooth comb, right, with that light. And when you find it, oh, got to get it out. Got to use your, your feather and your wooden spoon. Why is a wooden spoon used? Because when the leaven's on, you can throw the spoon in with the, the leaven, just burn it all up. You got to get it out. You got to get it out. Even the crumbs of sin in our lives. We have to renounce. <laughs> this is just so deep. It was so interesting to me when I was looking through all this, and it's just like, wow, it, was, it made so much sense. And the connection to why Yeshua and, and Rabbi Shul Paul used chametz as such an important teaching tool to our people. If you understand Passover, it all makes sense. We have to renounce sin 
like our people renounce leaven. That's how much we need to examine our lives and renounce our sin. Remember when, we, when I read to you earlier the common traditional Jewish nullification statement regarding leaven? Well, you know what? I, I, I substituted sin. Leaven represents sin. It, and it reads something like this. All sin and anything sinful that is in my possession, whether I've seen it or not, whether I've observed it or not, whether I've removed it or not, shall be considered nullified and ownerless as the dust of the earth. In other words, my friends, once I've removed absolutely every sin I can find, even the little ones, every sin I can find, even the crumbs of sin, then I want to renounce any connection whatsoever with any sin that's left that I missed. That's a beautiful thing. That's amazing, isn't it? It's really cool. I think that's a really neat thing. Because my friends, it's good not to use profanity. But it's even better to get it out of your head. See, that gets us really ready for Passover, which is about to start and that, my friends, is what Shabbat Hagadol is really all about. It's a new month. It's a new spiritual year. It's Passover. It's time to do what you know you need to do. The title of my message is Purge the Leaven. Let's bow our heads. I want to ask if there's anybody here who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart. If you've never committed your life to God, but you'd like to wherever you are, I want to offer you the opportunity to say a simple prayer. If you're here and you've not said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart, but you'd like to, lift your hand, we'll pray together. In fact, I'll say this prayer, and if you haven't said that prayer, and maybe you're watching online or listening on the podcast, repeat this prayer after me, and Yeshua will change you on the inside. Say, Dear God, I humble myself before you. I ask Yeshua to come into my heart. I believe he's risen again, sitting at your right hand. Please forgive me of my sins, God. I'm sorry. I want to get this leaven out of me. I'll live the rest of my days for you. Thank you, God, in Yeshua's name. If you said that prayer for the first time, please send us an email. We want to celebrate with you. It's a, a joyous new day when that leaven, that sin, is out of your heart and out of your life. For the rest of you who are here watching or listening online, I want to ask you, maybe as you've thought about it, maybe you walked in or turned on your computer or your smartphone and you, you weren't thinking much about anything, but now that you think about it, there's some things that you probably should get the feather out to. Maybe, maybe some of you have some big stuff that you got to get out of your house and big leaven before Passover. But for a lot of people, I think it's the little things that we got to get out with a feather and a wooden spoon. What do we need to get out of our lives? Maybe there's something that the Lord spoke to you about during this message. And maybe the, because I'm telling you, if you light the candle and if you're looking closely, you'll find pieces of leaven in your life, sin. 
if you're truly willing to examine. If that's you and there's something in your life, Passover is about to start. Even if you're watching this way down the road, it doesn't matter. Because God wants to cleanse you. He wants to help you and he wants to get that leaven out that represents sin, that sin out. So if something has come to mind in your heart, and if not, listen, if you're here watching, here or watching or listening and absolutely nothing has come to mind, I would encourage you, light a candle and start looking. Light a candle and start looking. Oftentimes in our, in our lives, especially in America, there are elements of pride. Pride puffeth up. Whatever, if, if you have an area in your life or something in your home that needs to go, whatever it is, I want to pray for you right now. And I want you to take time to, to pray to the Lord too. Lord, in the name of Yeshua, I pray for each and every person who has some comets in their life that they know they need to get rid of. It, it might be like my dad had, that, that he had stopped it with his mouth, but there was still stuff going on in his mind. Lord, whatever it is, God, I pray that, that everybody here, everybody watching and listening, is able to take that feather and get that comments. You've got to choose to do it. See, the Lord Yeshua, I know you will take away the sin, but we have to do our part in, in purging the leaven. God told us to take the leaven out of the house. Lord, I pray for the strength, the courage, the motivation, the, the power to do it. Some of you have been trying to get a leaven out of your house for a long time and haven't been successful. Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep trying. Keep trying. Don't give up. Keep trying. Keep going with that feather. Keep going with that candle. Keep going with that wooden spoon. I thank you, Lord, for this. I thank you for each of our mishpacha, Lord. I thank you for Passover and that which you're teaching us. What a beautiful time, a beautiful season, and a beautiful lesson. Lord, we bless you, and we want to go into, into this holiday with, like, clean, right? Clean heart, with pure, pure spirit, and with that chametz out. I thank you for these things, Lord. We bless you for them. In the name of our Messiah, Yeshua, we pray. Amen and amen. Thanks for coming and thanks for watching and listening, everybody. Chag Pesach Sameach to you. I hope you enjoy that matzah. My favorites are matzah pizza. I like uh, peanut butter matzah. Um, you could do a lot of things with matzah, of course, you know, and uh, matzah brides. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah, or how you can become part of our Bethalel family, please visit our website at www.bethalel.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L.org. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, 
please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and Shalom. Shalom.